Father, we just thank you. We adore you. We love you, Lord Jesus. May you truly be the one that our hearts adore here this morning. We're so grateful for all that you have done and all that you continue to do. We thank you that, Lord, your hand is not shortened in any situation or circumstance. But the Father, you demonstrate yourself, your power, your greatness over and over again. And Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, worship team, for your ministry today. You guys are awesome. Amen. And uh, thank you so much for being here today. Give yourselves a hand this morning. Come on. Praise the Lord. And uh, thank you all who have tuned in by live stream and who will watch this throughout the rest of the week. Thank you for being here with us again today as well. Well, I know for those that are sitting here, you're like, you know, why is your, your podium off the side? Well, because of physical distancing, it's been like this for quite some time. So we decided just to leave it where it was rather than try to rearrange everything on the platform at this time. And so uh, we also have the camera set up for it at this point. So this is my new pulpit. Does everybody like it? My, uh, my, my table? Yeah, all right. Uh, so we're so glad that you're here today. I want to talk about, I want to talk about our testimony. You know, this last three and a half months or four months since uh, March 22nd was the first Sunday we couldn't meet has been uh, difficult for many people in the church. And it has caused many people to feel uh, disconnected. Um, it's, uh, for smaller churches, been very difficult because they've not been able to get up live streaming, and so there's been no way for the congregation to have any kind of community sense of connection, especially because in the beginning, pastors weren't allowed to visit people in the hospital, couldn't visit people in their homes, couldn't visit, do any of that kind of work. And so making connection was really difficult. And uh, all gatherings of all types were prohibited, so it was much, very much a challenge. Ironically, though, for most pastors I've talked to, the time has been busier uh, than it was before because we're trying to find you know, new ways to communicate, retooling, doing things like live streaming and all that we'd not done before, and uh, finding new ways to effectively do the things you were also continuing, or were doing beforehand and then to continue to be able to do them now. However... I think that this season has resulted in some terrific advances for the Church of Jesus Christ. And you know, through live streaming, uh, churches are reaching more people. People no longer actually have to darken the door to check out uh, a service, to get a word of encouragement, to be, uh, receive something from your house. They can do it online, whether they're part of another church and that's why they're not able to be here, or whether uh, you know, they've known you from before and they live in another community and so they're checking it out, or whether they're just somebody who's been curious about church, now they get to come here and visit first by live streaming before they actually come and visit uh, in person. And so we're so grateful for those opportunities. It's also empowered us as a church to uh, take a hard look at what it means to forsake not the gathering of yourselves together, as the scripture says, some are in the habit of doing. You know, there are many ways in which we can gather together and being prohibited to meet publicly uh, in this format it's kind of made you feel a bit like maybe the underground church in China or something. You're having little coffees here, or little meetings here, and you're living out what church life is, even though you were not able to meet here as a congregation. And uh, I think the primary lesson to be learned in all of this is that 
The one thing that a virus or an upset in the way we gather and the way we organize, uh, one thing that it cannot do is that it cannot take away the power of your testimony. Your testimony today is as powerful a weapon as it was pre-COVID in March. In fact, maybe even more so now because, you know, the, the ability to just invite somebody to church has been kind of taken away. Now you, you can talk to them about and engage with them about what you're doing online. You can actually communicate with people online. You can post things. You can get uh, talking to your neighbor over the fence, doing the, you know, the old Mr. Wilson, right? Uh, looking over the fence, you know, connecting with people in your community, dropping off food. I mean, all kinds of things, especially when this thing began, the witness and the testimony of people in the church, spreading the love of God, despite having restrictions placed upon them, has been absolutely amazing. And uh, it's been one of the greatest fruits, one of the great bright lights in the midst of this whole thing. Our testimony is powerful, and yet many people fail to understand the power of their witness. Some may say, well, you know, very little while they're alive, but they try to save it all up and then speak after they've died. And so I I make it a habit of just looking for humorous things that were written on people's uh, headstones, right? And uh, so here's a few of them uh, I found, and I thought I'd share them with you today. Uh, Here lies an atheist, all dressed up and no place to go. <laughs> thought that was pretty... <laughs> not, not bad, eh? Merv Griffin, you got the older folks, remember Merv Griffin? Uh, this was on his, it says, I'll be right back after this message. Now for, you know, young kids watching everything they do on live stream. They don't know what messages are anymore. Uh, I remember we had uh, our grandkids over, and we had the actual cable TV on for a, an event, and a commercial came on. They're like, what, what happened to the, to the movie? Why is, what's going on? You know, so, but, you know, everybody that's o- over 35 or 40 understand that one. Um, Here lies the body of Jonathan Blake, stepped on the gas instead of the brake. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> another tombstone said, I have nothing further to say. All right. And another one said, a solid six out of 10. I'm not sure what that was supposed to mean, but uh, I thought they were pretty funny, you know. But the reality is, is that I hope you have something more powerful to say to have written as an epitaph on your uh, headstone than that. But you know, what the Bible tells tells us in Revelations 12, 11 is this. It says that they overcame him, speaking of the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and what? The word of their testimony by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And then it goes on to say, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. In other words, they, they would not back away from the declaration of the truth, even if it meant persecution, even if it meant death. They realized that they were victorious by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That's what the scripture teaches us. In other words, your testimony is incredibly powerful. Uh, What we speak, what we do, how we act, it shifts environments, either for the better or for the worse. Our words and our actions are powerful people. They make a statement. God established the power of the spoken word in Genesis, in creation. You know, if you read the creation account in chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Genesis, you're going to find these references over and over again. It says, God said let there be light, and there was light. God said, let the expanse separate the waters in the land form. God said, and the stars were formed. God said, and the sun and the moon came into being. God said, and the seas teemed with fish and the land with animals. Finally, God said, 
let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And man came into being. All creation, everything that you see, was the result of God speaking, of God's testimony, of God's declaration. God said, and it was. Amen? God said, and it was. And we have to understand that power of the spoken word, the declaration that was made by God, and I think is is there for you and I as well. It's there for you and I as well. When we speak boldly for the Lord, we shift atmospheres and we create environments similar to the way that God did when he spoke in Genesis chapter 1. That we can speak with our own lips and we can actually shift an environment. We can And if you don't believe that, here's a real simple illustration. Look back in your own life and see where you were impacted by your mom or by your dad, by the things that they spoke over you. Think about this for a minute. If they spoke negatively, chances are that those words were deeply felt by you and they impacted you in an incredible way. They made an impression in your life. And in fact, I've met many people who are living as adults And they're living under the the burden of vows they made when they were children, saying, I will never be like my father. And the reason they say that is because of all the harsh words that were spoken over them as a child. And they're they're, uh, curbing their life, they're restricting their life, living in this self-made prison because of the impact that dad's words had upon them, or mom's words had upon them. Remember the pain in your own kids' eyes, you know, for moms and dads here, when you spoke harshly to them, or the joy that they've experienced when you've looked them in the eye and said, man, that was so awesome. I am so proud of you today. And we see their faces light up. Your words are literally shaping their personality, shaping their their nature, shaping their heart. So you can imagine that if that simple illustration in your own life it exists to show you the power of words, how, how much more magnified that power is when we recognize that it's, it's a spiritual truth as well. That when we declare things in the spirit realm, when we speak things in the spirit realm, we shift atmospheres as well. That if in the natural we experience that in our life, all, you know, we also must understand something's happening in the spiritual realm when we speak as well. When we testify to the... Lord's goodness, to his wondrous works. uh, The impact is dramatic and it helps shape people's lives. You know, I've done a lot of witnessing in my life. And you know what I never do when I'm witnessing? Is I never talk from the negative. I never look at the person and, and point out to them all their sins. I just, I just never do it. Well, don't, don't they need to confess their sins? Sure they do. But I've never met anybody yet that wasn't aware that they were not a, you know, a perfect person. They all have some sort of an awareness that, you know what, I've done some stuff that if I was to stand before the most perfect being in the universe, I, my knees would be knocking a little bit. So what I, I do when I'm sharing with people is that I don't, I, don't, I don't go down that road. What I do instead is I talk to them about the incredible potential they have in their life. I speak into to what I see when I look at them, what God has created. 
how he's made them to be a powerful witness, that he's made them and gifted them with specific talents, and that what he wants to do is to take those talents and uh, apply his redemptive power to them and bring them into the kingdom to build his kingdom. And I start with giving them an understanding of the sense of purpose that they can have when they walk in Christ. I found that much more effective, much more effective. I remember the story that Larry Norman talks about I heard him at a concert one time telling this story, and, uh, and he said, so much of our witnessing, he said, is so filled with negative language that we, we don't realize how, how misunderstood it is by people that are, you know, watching us. And he, he said how, you know, he was talking to a guy, and, and, or a guy was talking to him, I guess, before he was saved, and he said, you know, hey, listen, he says, um, uh, I want to talk to you for a minute. And he said, okay, go ahead. He goes, he goes uh, I want to talk to you about, about your, your soul. Oh, okay. And then he goes, have, have, you, have, you ever, have you ever been washed in the blood? I hope not. You know? He said, well, have you ever, have you ever you know, been, 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 been born again? He goes, I, I, I don't know. I don't, how is that possible? And then he goes, well, I'm trying to ask, have you ever been saved? And he goes, oh, yeah. He said, at camp. And the guy goes, oh, you, you got saved at camp. He goes, yeah, at camp last summer, I was out in the middle of the lake in a canoe, and it tipped over, and I can't swim, and I fell in, and this guy reached out, and he grabbed me. I'm not talking about that. He said, I'm trying to, I'm trying to ask, have you ever experienced the, the, you know, the, the, the glory? The, 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 and, and you know, he starts coming down with all his words. Have you, have you ever had, you know, been, been, been washed? I'm trying to tell you the good news. Oh, well, what's that? You're going to hell. Oh, what's the bad news, Right? You know, that methodology of sharing the gospel is not very effective. It's not very effective, especially in what we would consider today to be a post-Christian world, where most people have no concept of many things that we took for granted being raised with Sunday school and all that kind of stuff. So you have to start with where they're at, who they are, and what their life's potential is, and then help them to understand that God wants to bring that potential into fruition. And then when they ask how that happens, now you start talking with them about God wanting to deal with the stuff in your life that's keeping you from that potential. That they can relate to, because they're very aware that there's a lot of hurts, habits, and hang-ups that are in the way of them reaching their potential uh, as a human being. And when you talk to them about reaching their potential in Christ, that begins to click, and they understand God wants me, and God loves me, and God wants to use me. That begins to resonate with their spirit. That's how we witness. That's how we do it. You know, um, when we, uh, when we speak that way, when we speak positively, we have a tremendous impact on those around us. I want you to look at Psalm 126 with me this morning. Psalm 126. And I'm going to read it for you here. It says, When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. Now, if you do a bit of digging historically, you'll discover that the person that likely wrote that psalm was Ezra. And uh, he was talking about the return of the Israelites from their captivity in Babylon. And it says, when the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, it says, we were like men who dreamed. In other words, they're saying, it was, it was so amazing, it was like too good to be true. Too good to be true. 
And we were so excited that we had been set free by the Lord and delivered by him. And he says that we were so excited that our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. They declared, they expressed the experience out of their mouth of what they were, how they were feeling and, and what it was like to be finally led out of captivity and into the liberty of being back in their homeland again. Well, what impact did all of that speaking and singing and declaring have? Well, it says that the, uh, the, that the nations that the nations heard them say that the Lord has done great things for them. That it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. They heard the people of Zion. They saw their joy. They saw the expression from them. And that nations were able to say, wow, the Lord has done great things for them. You see, that's the kind of impact your testimony has. When you are not afraid to speak about the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, it has an impact on people around about us. You know, way too often Christians are known as people who are against this and against that and against this and against that. What we need to do more often is come forward and just talk about all the things that we are blessed by, all the things we're grateful for, all the stuff that we're thankful for, all the things that we see around us that are happening and we're thankful, and, and then begin to talk about the things that we've been able to do as the church to shift the atmosphere as well. And when we do that, when we begin to proclaim how good God is, then the nations will take notice. The unbeliever, the, 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 the nations that don't know Christ will witness the power of God when God's people are positive about it. Hello? When their testimony is, the Lord has done great things for me. When somebody comes to me and they've got a good story to share, I want to hear it. They'll say, guess what happened to me today? And they're excited. I'll go, let me hear it. You know? But if they come to me and they say, guess what happened to me today? I'll go, what? But I'm not quite as enthusiastic to hear the story. How many know what I'm talking about? especially if they're a chronic complainer, right? If they're the kind that has a complaint every day, don't you find yourself going, all right, what happened to you today? What happened to you this time, right? Come on, let's be honest. But you don't feel that way about chronic celebrators, do you? You know, every time they come with another good story, you're like, yeah, tell me about it. And you're excited to hear it. Well, so why do we start on the negative side when it comes to witnessing? The Bible says we're supposed to talk about the goodness of the Lord. Amen? And that's why you're going to, when you listen to our worship, we talk about that stuff all the time. We don't sing a lot of songs about, you know, oh Lord, huh, I'm holding the fort down, waving the flag, hope you're coming soon. You know, uh, we don't sing those kind of songs. Because we believe that the testimony of our lips, the confession that we make, literally establishes a path for us to walk on. I believe that when I, uh, when I speak and declare and, and, and witness and testify the goodness of the Lord, that goodness follows me every day of my life. And I get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? I mean, we need to learn the power of our words. The testimony of men... Uh, that we read about in Psalm 126 became the nation, headlines of the nations. As people testify with joy, the nations took notice, and the same thing is true today. I want to submit to you two things this morning. First of all, you're watching over the, uh, the internet as well. Understand this. Number one, you are powerful. 
You are powerful. You are powerful. God made you as a powerful people. He made you to rule and reign with him. He redeemed you to rule and reign with him. He, had, he, he established your, your feet on, on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ so that you could advance the kingdom of God. He created you that way as a powerful, powerful, powerful being. And that you are supposed to shape nations. You're supposed to shape communities. You're supposed to shape homes. You're supposed to shape the future of Canada. So don't be looking to escape it. Look instead to transform it. Amen? That's what we need to be looking to do. So you're powerful. The second thing you need to understand is that your testimony is your weapon. It's your weapon. You're powerful and your testimony is your weapon. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 19 says, Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I will restore you uh, that you may serve me. If you uh, utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. If you utter worthy, not worthless words. Do you know what? Uh, Paul gives us a little bit of insight into what uh, the prophet's saying here. Jeremiah, I mean, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9 says this. If you wonder what... Uh, worthy versus worthless words were, then listen to what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. He says, Finally, my brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then he says, And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it in to practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Wow. Wow. That is good stuff. Oh, that Paul's guiding philosophy of life would be ours today as well. That we would be only involved in testifying the good things. If there's any virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate on that. In other words, you know, take it a step further. Report on that demonstrate that. If it's praiseworthy, if it's noteworthy, then, then report on that and, 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 and testify on that and demonstrate that to the people that you encounter. And I believe this practice, this, this focus on what Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 4, whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy, that focus is the golden rule for the church of Jesus Christ. If we want to shift the world then we need to make sure that we speak positive. And I realize it's hard to do because we're influenced. One of the things I did a number of years ago is I don't watch the news anymore at all. None. You can ask my wife. It's never on in our house anymore. I stopped. I used to be a news junkie. I quit. And I found that I was getting negative, so I stopped doing it. And what happens is that if you watch the news, it's always almost 90% of every story they tell you is negative. And if you watch Fox News, it's negative about all the, uh, the Democrats and all the, the nonsense and the Capitol Hill. And if you watch CNN, it's negative about Trump and about all the stuff the Republicans are doing on Capitol Hill. And the same thing, depending on what you watch in Canada. I mean, the reality is it's negative, 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 negative. So I just quit. I stopped. Because Paul said, whatever is pure, whatever is good, whatever is lovely, think about that. Well, that, the news didn't qualify. It didn't meet the bar. Now, well, how do you know what's going on? I read it. I still go online. I read things. But guess what? When you read it, 
I can read all the headlines and figure out what's going on in the world in about five minutes. Right? Not an hour of being spoon-fed, negative, 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 negative. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to dwell on what's positive. And can I say something to you as well this morning before my wife uh, shares with you here today? Um, your daily testimony can be something that you share verbally with people. It can be something that you, your presence online, uh, which is a powerful thing, something to be talked about right now because everybody's going online. When you haven't been able to physically get together with people uh, and social uh, interaction was limited, people started doing it online. And I get that. But can I tell you, just post positive stuff. Just post positive stuff. You know, can I just encourage... It's, it's easy to get caught up into all of the threads of all the negativity that people want you to get caught up into. I don't do it. That's why I probably don't post anything hardly ever on Facebook because... My dad told me a long time ago, he said, son, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. See, your dad told you the same thing, didn't he? You know, um, and so I've, I've tried to live that out. So you'll notice my posts are always going to be positive if, if I post something. Uh, you know, I'm not going to bother doing that. And if I'm preaching, I'm not going to get up here and preach about the fourth rider of the apocalypse and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to talk about the goodness of God in the land of the living. Hello? Because I want to declare the goodness of my God, and I want my confession to be positive. And I realize that heaven advances under the spirit of good news. Jesus said, go and spread the good news. The word gospel means good news. So go spread the good news, and the, 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 you need to understand the kingdom of darkness advances under bad news. So which one should we make our testimony about? The good or the bad. Amen? Sure. I, um, when we first went into COVID and everything was happening in the shutdowns, <clears throat> the very first video Kevin and I posted, it was prior to actually any of our Sunday services being up, and we started it out wearing sunglasses, and we put a bit of humor into it, and then we really shared a message of hope and, and I received several inbox messages afterwards. Don't worry, people, I'm not going to say who it was or anything like that. Um, but I received messages and people like, I'm so disappointed and aren't you taking this seriously? And do you, like, you know, God can't help us in this. Like, you know, come on, this is way bigger. And in that moment, I had a choice to make and, and I empathized and understood the source, and it was fear, and that, and I didn't want to respect, disrespect, sorry, <clears throat> the individuals. However, I responded with, our role in this is not to give all the medical stats. We're not physicians. We're not medical people. Our role in this is not as first responders. Our role in this is to speak hope. Amen. That is your role in the midst of a Amen. pandemic, Amen. is to speak hope. Your testimony is your story. So what did we begin to do? We started putting up daily devotionals. And, and I mean, we all have good senses of humor. I mean, if you don't have a good sense of humor, you're going to have a really hard time within the desert stream dynamics because <laughs> humor is probably one of the required aspects. 
And so, yes, we, we were serious about stuff, but we began to speak hope in our testimonies. And then the other thing we did is we actually launched uh, a weekly women's group, a Zoom call. And on that Zoom call, we had different women each week that we set up ahead of time, and they were sharing their story. They were sharing their testimony, what God was doing. And so we have had so much hope mm-hmm. go out. Mm-hmm. Then women afterwards that are listening to these recordings are are messaging, are inboxing us, mm-hmm. and just telling us the shift that's taking place. There is power, power, power in your story, in your testimony. You mm-hmm. influence people that I don't. Uh, so the power of your story is incredible. Don't underestimate it. Amen. Amen. I think my mic died. Amen. Did you get that this morning? And the reason I'm sharing this today is because so much has went on in the last few months. And it's, and there are so many opinions, so many opinions, and so much information being thrown out there. And it's not that I don't have uh, any um, critical analysis or anything thoughtful that I want to say about those things, but I tend to try and do that in the, in the context of communicating here. And therefore, it, then, then it becomes thoughtful repose. It becomes something that I've actually put uh, you know, time into. I don't go online and make you know, quick responses or share this or share that. And there's a reason. It's because we're here to be carriers of light. We're here to be carriers of hope. We're, and Barry and I say all that, we're dealers in hopium. That's what we are. And, and we, are, we have been called to do that, to take that to the nations. And, and you can't do that if your default setting is negative. And so this morning, if you have a default by nature, if you have a default setting that's negative, whether you're here live or watching it uh, with us online, can I encourage you to, t- to take that default nature to the Lord and ask him to shift it? to shift it from the negative to the positive so that, so that when you look at a situation, you look at its potential first before you ever look at the obstacles, right? Uh, you know, I, I love to have people come to me with ideas, but I want them to lay out all of the potential first. Then we'll start talking about what may some of those hindrances be because we need to be solution-oriented yeah. people. We need to be people who are looking for God to do something and for yeah. God to show up. And sometimes you need to plan something and you need to work on something so big that if God doesn't show up, it's guaranteed to flop, right? Because it's about doing and operating in faith, operating in a a positive mindset so that we shift the world toward the kingdom of God. Amen? Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit, right? There's no negative words in there, none whatsoever. That's not what the kingdom of God's made out of. Let's stand together this morning. We're going we're gonna to close in, in prayer. Thank you all that have tuned in or, and will tune in this week uh, online. We're so grateful to have you with us. And uh, we just uh, want to pray over you that God would shift your heart today and that, and that if there's any negative spirit that's trying to work its way in you, that God would shift that in your heart today. Father, in Jesus' name, we, pr- we lay all of our negative thoughts, our negative uh, ideas, Lord, we lay them at the altar today. We ask you, God, to help us to shift our thinking 
So the Lord, our testimony becomes God is good. Our testimony becomes God is, is victorious. Our testimony becomes the things that you speak of, the things that are good, that are pure, that are lovely, that, Father, are excellent, praiseworthy. That becomes our testimony today. Father, help us to shift ourselves so that, God, we end up bringing light and hope wherever we are. And, Father, we thank you today for your love and affection for us. And if you're at home today and, and God is shifting your mind, just put your hand on your forehead and just say, Lord, complete the work in me. Shift my thinking so that I begin to, to think the way you think, to, to believe the way you believe, to hope the way you hope. And, Father, that I begin to declare what you declare. And, Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Lord bless you. And have an amazing week this week in Him. Amen. Hey, everybody. Pastor Kevin Dowling here from Desert Stream. Just giving a shout out to you and saying thanks for joining us this week. We trust that you received something out of what was shared today. And we hope that it spoke to you and that it encouraged you in this season that we find ourselves in. You know, you could do us a big favor if you would just uh, share, uh, like, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Let people know that there's a place that you found that you're getting an encouragement and hope each and every week. We hope you plan to check in with us next week, be a part of our expression again, and help spread the word that God is in control in the midst of this season. We love you. We bless you.